Good morrow to you all. You have fallen on bad times. Brought to you by the Royal Holloway Shakespeare Society. You join me, Theo Dudridge. And me, Subhan Hay, as we bear some bardy truths. Hello everyone and welcome back to Bar Times. Uh, this week I'm here with my co-host, Theo Dudridge. Hello. It's great. It's great to be here. It's just, it's just great to be here. It's great to be back. It's great to be back. Brilliant. Okay, so today we're um, asking the question, why Shakespeare? So there's a lot of freshers coming out. We hope you're listening to this. But if you are, um, we'd like to make this podcast as an introduction to the Shakespeare Society. If you're wondering if you want to join, what it is we can offer, but then hopefully this would enlighten you. So first of all, I just want to ask the, uh, the question, why Shakespeare? Why did you join Shakespeare Society? Why did I join Shakespeare Society? So Shakespeare Society was... One of four groups I got involved with in my first year. And I got involved with Shakespeare Society because I auditioned for the show that they offered in Awesome Town at the time, which was Coriolanus. I auditioned for uh, three other shows alongside it, and uh, Coriolanus and one other show that Drama Society did uh, called Wojciech. Both recalled me, and from then on, I got into Coriolanus, and I got to know a lot more of the sort of main society, Shakespeare Society group, and I just kind of fell into, fell fell into the society, and kind of got into Shakespeare stuff. Then, uh, so that's how I got part of the society. In terms of Shakespeare itself, um, it's something that's always kind of been an interest to me from studying it. Why? Why would you say that? So I, uh, I, th- I think it's just one of those things where you're introduced to it, whatever age, there are stories that Shakespeare tells that are interesting. Like, I think Romeo and Juliet is probably the uh, classic story that I mm. uh, kind of discovered. I think it's one of the ones that we sort of looked at at primary school for a bit and very early on in secondary. I vaguely remember looking at The Tempest in year seven and I thought that was quite fascinating from, like, just kind of the story sort of aspect of it. Um, so what but, would you say, as opposed to all the other writers that there have been and there are, what is it about Shakespeare in particular that people keep coming back to? What, why you yourself are coming back to it? That's, that's, that's pretty interesting. It's a really tricky question to answer. Um, I think just Shakespearean language is interesting to me mm. uh, how he gets certain points across it is um i think the the dramaturgical elements and kind of understanding of shakespearean language as well it's an interesting thing what i think keeps bringing us back to shakespeare yeah. is you know there's this assumption that i i certainly held this assumption is that shakespeare made his stories universal and that's greatly debated. And I think while we can't confirm whether Shakespeare made his stories universal or not, we can definitely confirm that they are because they've proven to be, you know, with the different adaptations and the different ways that we can continuously tell retell his stories. Oh, yeah. But I think the thing that makes his stories universal is his mastery of the English language. And yeah. Iambic pentameter and poetry and all of that good stuff. And... I think the thing, the main thing that keeps bringing us back is we find new ways to tell his stories again and again. I, you know, I completely agree with you. And I mean, particularly with films and 
other kind of pieces of media, pieces of theatre that have been coming out recently that are like adaptations or retellings of um, like Shakespeare stories. I mean, you know, to kind of throw this on you, you're directing um, a show this term. You're oh, yeah. directing um, uh, a slight adaptation or slight diversion of uh, Taming of the Shrew. Um, I've taken over the role as host now. Tell me a bit about. Tell me a bit about that show. I mean, obviously, that's another why it, for me is that you know this society has given me an opportunity to direct something, which I've always wanted to do. Um, I looked at the story of Taming of the Shrew because I was shadowing Hamlet, uh, the production of Hamlet last year, and both the directors, Kate and Eleanor, uh, when I asked them what their favorite Shakespearean <laughs> play is, they both said Taming of the Shrew. So I was like, okay, um, I'm automatically I want to do that. Yeah. Without looking at how misogynistic it is. Yeah. So I thought, okay, how about if I can look at that and try and make it in a lighthearted sense, but then in the same time, not misogynistic. Yeah. Um, I thought I'd ask, like, Vicky, who's our treasurer, sent me uh, an, an article or an essay. Yeah. And it was quite interesting. I think it was called Viewing Shakespeare Through Brown Eyes. And okay. it was very interesting because it spoke about how... Things are being done to diversify theatre, but at the same time, the effort is being made, but unconsciously, it's also damaging to ethnic minority actors because you can you can have instances where, say, you might have a colour blind casting, but because the default is the culture of what white people, yeah. well, that's where that's you know Shakespeare's culture and all that. There isn't an effort made to explore the cultures of ethnic minorities. And I found that very enlightening. And um, thank you, Vicky, if you're listening for that article. And it just it just brings my mind to adaptations like Papa Assidu's. Uh, well, he it's not his. He played Hamlet. Papa Assidu. I don't know yeah. if you've seen it for RSC. Okay. Uh, it's it's a to my knowledge, I think it is a full black cast, and even the culture is in, incorporated. And I think it's stuff like that is what we need to be aiming to do. Um, where we not not only do we incorporate a diverse cast, but the diverse culture is also included in the narrative. And again, the thing that you know, the why Shakespeare what is because it is possible to obviously change up the narrative and include other other cultural narratives. Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I was. Um at the National Theatre for a uh, workshop thing a couple of years back and they had some actors who were from uh, His Dark Materials. Uh -huh. There were I think, Ruth Wilson and there was an actor who uh, ended up playing Iago in an adaptation of Othello okay. that was on the National Theatre. And I remember in this interview that he gave, they originally approached him, his agent approached him for Othello. And he said, no, I don't want to be Othello, because that's kind of, um, I'm paraphrasing, but that's like a standard sort of black man casting, like, mm -hmm. oh, you're black, play Othello. He wants to be Iago, because he wanted to, I think there was an angle that he wanted to take with the character. So I think originally he was sort of declined, and then he gets a call later saying, by the way, we'd like you to play Iago in this production of Othello. And it's, I think it's really interesting, like, the point you were making about sort of diversifying cast and stuff. Um, I think it's, 
it's sort of a hard, not a hard thing to do, but I, I think if it's kind of playing to, I guess, the concept of or the angle that you want to take, mm. if that's making sense, I mm. don't know if, but yeah, like, I agree with your point is basically what I'm trying to say, but that, that was just a story that particularly kind of rang out to me. And it's like, you know, if there's an angle that you want to take with a production of theatre, um, which involves kind of highlighting issues that aren't necessarily explored um, mm. in like a traditional way. So for example, um, we recently did a production of Measure for Measure where we explored it from the angle of a crime documentary. Mm. Measure for Measure is kind of seen as a comedy, but if you read into it, there's a lot of very underlying, not funny, very, very wrong moments in there. And we wanted to highlight that. Mm. We wanted to show that what the Duke did, what Angelo did was wrong. Mm. And we exposed it in a crime documentary style and that worked really well. No, which honest, honestly, obviously I was just a polo, so I think I can say this. Yeah. You know, I think it was done so well. I, I hadn't really studied Measure for Measure except for I think one of the first academic discussions I went to was yeah. one that Meadow, our president, did. And from that, I sort of learned about the story and I was, I was quite appalled that, okay, this is a comedy. And I yeah. think you guys did such a good, you know, if you guys want to check it out, it's available on the Royal Holloway University London Shakespeare YouTube channel, uh, Measure for Measure, but it's... Little cheeky plug there. Yeah, but it's done it. I firstly think it's done a good job. It's, I can't view the story in any other way. And I think it's brilliant because again, it's not, I don't, I doubt Shakespeare sat down and thought, oh, I'm going to make this timeless. Yeah. But we do that. Uh, oh, and yeah. It is something that can be done. Not a lot of stories can do that, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Yeah, um, there, there are others we're not going to deny. Obviously, I feel like Wuthering Heights can be told in millions of different ways, for example. But it's not every story that, you know, you can look at that and go, that's wrong. But we're going to tell the same story in a different way. Yeah. I'd uh, another, another thing I wanted to add, you know, like, for me, the thing that's special about Shakespeare is I, this could either be my ignorance or this could be something that's special is that like when I was preparing my academic discussion last year I had, I had a quote on there um, which was we know what we are but we know not what we may be yeah uh, at the time I just googled Shakespeare quotes and <laughs> I just put it on there I now know that that's from Ophelia in Hamlet Yes. And uh, at the time, I thought, I, I used it as something that's sort of motivational, like, you know, we, we know what, who we are, but know not what we may be. As yeah. in, as in, we know not how good we may be. Yeah. But in reality, the way it's written in Hamlet is we know not how bad or mad we can become. Because Ophelia says this when she's going mad. Yeah. And it's sort of this thing that, you know, um, spoilers for anyone who hasn't read Hamlet. It's but true. it's it's sort of this thing that, okay, we expected Hamlet to be the one to go mad, but like, oh, you know, look yeah. at Ophelia. And we didn't know that she may become that. Yeah. And I think that in itself is an example of, again, not something that Shakespeare intended, but it's something that you can look at Shakespeare and you can view it in multiple ways. It can be used as a motivational quote or it can be used as in the narrative as a sort of, oh God, Look what people can become if they're pushed, if that makes sense. Well, another thing that's special about Shakespeare is during his time, he portrayed a lot of characters which 
was difficult for him to portray. So, for example, you know, in his time, they had someone called a Master of Rebels, who was basically a censorship guy. Yeah. He made sure, especially when the Queen was visiting or any royals were visiting the globe, he made sure that nothing would offend the the royals. Yeah. So it's quite a big deal. You know, today it's so hard to imagine it, it being a big deal. But it's quite hard to imagine how they managed to get witches in Macbeth. Yeah. Because especially during King James's time. Exactly. That was like a big thing. One one of the things I took away from GCSE and learning Macbeth, because I think, I, 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 I say I stand by this, but Macbeth is probably my favourite play, largely because oh. I've gone into so much detail with it for GCSE, it's kind of just stuck there. Yeah. It's probably one of, this is going to sound bad, Welcome to Shakespeare Society. You're not you're not meant to recall every single Shakespeare play. You can just read one or two, but just be generally interested in it. It's probably one of the few plays I can recall pretty much scene by scene in my head because it's just kind of stuck there. Um, and I had an idea for a concept of Macbeth, which has since gone nowhere, which is exploring Macbeth. Uh, during kind of like a 1920s um, kind of noir sort of setting um, and I sort of pictured the three witches as like these jazz bar singers uh -huh. and kind of exploring Macbeth um, in that kind of setting Macbeth and Banquo being old old tiny cops and it explores police corruption in like the 1920s i mean there you go another Gangster example lives. of how you can just come up with all yeah. these different examples and you can use like my favorite um examples of how shakespeare can be used are obviously vishal bardwaj's trilogy yeah so he made a, a trilogy of macbeth othello and Hey, uh, Hamlet yeah. and for example Hader which is his Hamlet looks at the audacity of Claudius to sort of you know marry his mum as if he's not killed his dad yeah and that compares that audacity to the audacity of of what's going on in Kashmir right now with how oh yeah the the human rights violations and all that sort of thing I'd yeah. say definitely give it a watch. I and we've we've talked about it in an earlier episode, which is actually the first ever Bar Times episode. If you want to check <laughs> it out, we're bringing it back. <laughs> but, if you want to watch the whole thing, you can start from the beginning and just binge them all. Please do. <laughs> no, no worries. Um, but yeah, I think all those examples just shows you why Shakespeare's special. And yeah, I think it's not just for you know people who want to read a story or whatnot. Shakespeare, so I think you mentioned the reason you got into the society is because of Corrie Lanes. Yeah. So it's because of the performative side. You wanted something to performing. And I think we, we, we have that because we've got shows going on every term. We've got Shakespeare in 40 as well. Yeah. We've got brilliant socials, brilliant people. A lot of stuff with. coming up. Yeah. A lot of stuff coming up. So there's lots of reasons to join the Shakespeare Society. Um, yeah. Why did you get into Shakespeare, Supan? What made you want to join Shakespeare Society and get into Shakespeare as a whole? Well, for me, so after I'd done my A-levels, it was sort of the situation where I wasn't happy with... I don't know what it is about Shakespeare. I have yet to uncover whatever this is, but I felt, okay, I should study the, the arts. Because yeah. I feel like, personally, 
you know, arts is what can 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 explain life to you best. You yeah. can go into all the technicalities of economics and all that sort of thing and science, which is brilliant. It's very noble. It's it's the quote from from that uh, film with um, Robin Williams. Robin Williams, so. Dead Poet Society, where he where he goes on about how you know these are all noble pursuits, but poetry and stories these are what we live for. Yeah, which is why like now I've I'm sort of getting a grasp of of Shakespeare, but I'm also now trying to look at a bit of Greek tragedy and that sort of thing. Oh, but I digress. Yes. The reason I got mm -hmm. in was because I I just wasn't happy with how much I had studied in Ada when I thought I want to keep going, and I was like to myself, whatever uni I go to, if there's not a Shakespeare sock, I'm going to make one. And I come over here and I see one of the best Shakespeare socks I I, I think because I'm like Oxford doesn't have one for example, um, and yeah I had a I had a good time it was in the pandemic but I made good friends, and now here I am trying to direct something, so that's yeah that's why I joined. Mm -hmm. uh, if you could play any role in a Shakespeare play, who would you play and why? Um, I think the one I'd go for is probably. The bastard Edmund in King Lear. Okay. Because I I need to clearly look at more. Uh, but uh, I've looked at a little bit of King Lear. And obviously, so someone who I'm really inspired by, Riz Ahmed, yeah. did, a, uh, did the monologue, the King Edmund monologue. And I looked ah, at that. Okay. And then I did that for the Shakespeare showcase. Yeah. Um, and I just, from that one soliloquy, I've sort of gotten this idea that, okay, it's, it's kind of like Iago. Where he's got this resentment inside him yeah but shakespeare's poetry just brings it out like oh i don't know if i want to call it poetry but the words of king edmund yeah um you know when he asks like wherefore should i stand in the plague of custom and maybe cut that out i can't remember what he said properly That's but right. it's like he asks like why bastard wherefore based why do they why do they call me this yeah you know? and it's like i doubt most people have question this but it is it is this sort of thing that i related to like why do people call me this like say if you if you uh, when you were younger maybe you were called names or something yeah and he was just questioning just because i have this name just because i am i'm not born to a proper family yeah why do people treat me less that's not that's not my fault yeah when my shape is as true as honest madame's issue he's saying like i my shape like, i literally am the same as you i'm a human being yeah why are you treating me differently and i think that really struck a chord with me and I, I again i need to explore more of his character and the whole of king lear but from that one soliloquy i'm like whoa this is someone who while again i've never been through the stuff he's been through but shakespeare made made him relatable to me if that makes sense yeah no i, I can yeah completely get that for me um this is kind of a recent thing i really like my sort of dream shakespeare role would be to play uh claudius okay hamlet i see um, you. i see you in that thank you thank yeah. you um yeah for context we're recording this together in the same room a little insight for you normally it's not done like this but um basically my reasoning for playing claudius i'll give you the practical reason um i did a a voice acting workshop okay where i had to do uh the claudius's uh, monologue where he's kind of he's kind of talking at about um the murder itself how he sort of got away with it oh um, is this is this when he's praying i think so it's what it's one before hamlet comes in and, mm. but it was just because like the way i was directed to do it 
um, or like the idea that I was given to kind of try it out and read it for voice was like do it as if you're striking a bargain. But yeah, it was. I, I could I could see that side of the character kind of coming out in uh, the voice, and Claudius just is a really interesting character to play, in my opinion, for Hamlet because you could you could go down a slightly sympathetic route with him. Or you can go down that he's completely and utterly evil yeah. in how he treats uh, the people close to him, uh, how he kind of views Hamlet, how he kind of does he use people to get power? Like, what does what does he do with that? Is he like are his intentions kind of clear and just, or are they for his own personal gain? And that's, that's brilliant. I felt yeah. that as well with Macbeth. Obviously, I don't want to. I don't want to kill the king and take over. Yeah. I've never been in that situation, but I obviously related to it because it's like, okay, you know, truly speaking, if I was in this situation where I could do something and potentially get away with it, would I do it? Yeah. You know, the, the like the closest example I could think of is like, I don't know, like in primary school where like someone's got this really swanky fountain pen. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm going to take that. And they're not going to notice who took it. That sort of thing. Um, and I think the biggest thing about Shakespeare, or one of the biggest things, is that because his characters are so well-written, like you've just said, yeah, that you felt Claudius in you, even though you've never wanted to kill your, your brother yeah. and marry <laughs> his wife, you still felt that in you. But I think, in my opinion, that's because the characters are so well-written. And I think that's why Shakespeare... You know, another big reason why I joined, you know, was pursuing knowing Shakespeare's stories is because, again, Riz Ahmed... Yeah. He studied classical acting for, for his masters. Yeah. And I, I'd obviously like to follow in his footsteps. That might change, but at the moment I would. Yeah. And I, I, I know there was a time where I, I sat down and thought to myself, why? Do you know what I mean? Like, why do you need yeah, Shakespeare? A lot you. of t successful actors have studied Shakespeare. And oh, there's obviously this connection there. So what is it? And I think, in my opinion, I think it's because the characters are so well written. You're 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 more likely to succeed in bringing this side out of you that you wouldn't have thought you could. Oh, in yeah. the same way that you just said, "Oh, I didn't, I didn't expect a Claudius to be inside me." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I get you. I get. And like, you can't do that with most, most writing because it's like, well, it's not Shakespeare. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's you true. you work with some because like working with Shakespeare is easy because it's so well written. Yeah. And training with that, then you can go to the stuff which isn't as well written. Yeah. No, sense. absolutely. I completely agree. There's a quote by Harold Bloom, and he says that Shakespeare is important because he claims that Shakespeare invented us. Okay. So I think what he's trying to say is sort of that, do you know this art imitates life and life imitates art sort of thing? Yeah. We're sort of in the stage where life is imitating art because we've looked at Shakespeare so much and so many of our stories are influenced by Shakespeare. Yeah. Do you know, like, oh, I don't know what show I was talking I think I was talking, I've never seen Downton Abbey. I haven't either, if that, that helps. I was talking to someone about Downton Abbey and they were describing it and I was like, wait, that's King Lear. Like, they kept going and I was like, yeah, they got they got daughters, yeah, they hate each other, yeah, that's King yeah. Lear. And it's just like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, I, I listen to like stuff like that and I'm like, okay, do you know? And it's just amazing how many things are influenced by Shakespeare, like Lion King, for example, and all that. So I kind of get what Harold Bloom is saying because so many things are influenced, so many things use the five-act structure and all that yeah. sort of thing. Um, which I don't want to claim, uh, I, I need to search that up. I don't think Shakespeare came up with the five-act structure. He may have done. But 
it's his popularity that sort of brought it into the mainstream media. Yeah. So yeah, um, as mentioned in the trailer, um, we are doing a new review section. Uh, so this is a basically a section if our guests have seen anything or we've seen something recently that we want to talk about on the show we'll talk about it uh, so supine you recently saw a play is it called anna x i yeah, want to say called anna x unfortunately it's not showing anymore ah. i wish it was i'd love to so go see it again but yeah it was starring emma corin and naban rizwan who's who's an who's an up-and-coming actor yeah uh yeah i'm a big fan of his stuff so far and it was great i took my little brother and he loved it and i loved it as well and it's it's it was it's a show about so it's a two-person show and they were both sort of it the story explores this sort of how everything's becoming all digital and stuff like that okay yeah and yeah i loved it the lighting was good they had a great use of the projector sound was amazing um yeah sounds good was there any like particular moments in that play that really kind of struck out to you was there anything that yeah with anything that sort of resonated with you kind of post performance or i think just yeah. i mean i i can spoil it because no one's going to see it now right i guess there was a obviously that what happens is emma corin's character sort of tricks naban rizwan's character okay so obviously they have a love story going on yeah but then um she tricks him for money okay and it i love how they take the story in this direction where it's not like oh look at this woman who tricked him yeah it was more of like she had to like in this corporate world where you dog eats dog world where you want to succeed and all that yeah. it's like what else are you gonna do she she she's very aspirational she wants to get onto the top and stuff like that so she's obviously the people are going to do things like this yeah. because this is the world we've created. This okay. is the corporate world. And they did this really cool thing where it's like, I think she was in jail and it's like, instead of her being on stage, she was on the projector and it was a recording of her. Okay. And it's just like Naban's character just looking up at the recording and it was just, I just loved it. And I think, I don't know if this is because obviously I need to start going to more and more theater, but the way it started really stuck with me as well. Cause like, right. cause like we were looking at the time we're like, okay, this is five minutes. We're five minutes into when it was meant to start. When is it going to start? Yeah. And I turned to my brother and I was about to say something and the room just goes to pitch black. <laughs> and then we look and then the stage, we, you just see two people on the stage, Emma Corrin and Naban Rizwan. Yeah. And they're just dancing because the story starts out in the nightclub. Okay. And I just, I don't know, I just found that amazing. I love that. I, I feel like that's something that happens all the time in theatre, but I don't know. No, I mean, it's something that happens with a lot of stuff these days. I mean, by the sounds of things, there was a lot of use of kind of digital media oh, um, a lot, yeah. with like the projector and stuff that you were saying before um a while while ago i saw an adaptation of antigone which um used a live drone hmm. that they um what was it it was used to represent uh the birds of the prophet tiresias um so that was um, really interesting, kind of seeing that unfold. And I think there's a lot of uh, pieces, like trying new forms of technology. I mean, VR's coming up to be quite a big thing. And I don't think it'll be long before a lot of pieces, and maybe even Shakespeare adaptations, are like 
using more multimedia elements oh, definitely. to try new things. Um, but yeah, I I think that's just a really that was a really interesting thing. It's a really interesting direction that theatre and a lot of other kind of art forms are going in. Mm. So yeah, I think. I think that's good. Is there anything? All right. But yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me on the show, Super Alan. Yeah. Um, I think Thanks it's for being now... here. Yeah, yeah no we're, listen, we're going to listen to you every week now as the host. We're, we're, we're going to listen to both of ourselves yeah, yeah. every week. We are both hosting. We are both hosting the show. Um, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy Freshers. Please do come to our events and please do keep listening to the podcast. Yeah, um, and once again, Super I've said this before, but thank you so much for having me on the show, and I look forward. I look forward to the many episodes we will produce together. Thank you very much for listening to the first episode of this year's Bard Times. I hope you all have a lovely Freshers' Week, and in the words of the Bard himself, we know what we are, but know not what we may be.